Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments about this week's movies being overshadowed by exciting- X-Men Days of Future Past trailer now online! Hashtag X-Men! Captain America the Winter Soldier trailer also released! Thor the Dark World opens next week, baby! Hashtag Thor Dark World! Are purely for entertainment purposes only. Baba Booey! <laughs> <laughs> And no doubt we have seen all three of those trailers. Yeah. Oh my god. It's I so have exciting. not seen um What's the third we one? We didn't show you X-Men, did we? Thor I didn't see X-Men. I didn't see X-Men. Oh. I saw Captain America and I saw Thor. Yeah. I did not see X-Men. It just overshadows everything. Like I'm not interested in anything this week. I mean, I am to the degree that we can do a show about it, but compared to those three things, come on. I'm not sure I'm <laughs> sold on Days of Future Past. It sounds a little too clever. Oh, yes. Like a like like a too senior, clever like a se- high school senior thesis that somebody came up with a po- <laughs> they came up with a poem called Days of Future Past. It also sounds like it could be a prom theme as well. Absolutely, fish under the sea. That's what it is. Night in the or- Orient. Yeah, it sounds like a very serious paper on uh, on the peak oil, right? <laughs> Days of Future Past. I look forward to Jean Grey and Wolverine being voted the king, king and queen, queen of the. Prom. <laughs> <laughs> exciting. Well, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. There's only two things I hate in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. (laughs) You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from the Admiral's Club with thousands of satisfied travelers flying overhead. Catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Search the Movie Showcast or the Movie Guys, and we come right up. And don't forget, we're also available on badtomato.fm radio at wbad.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. And as always, please subscribe wherever possible. Tell your friends, share and like posts, etc. My name is Paul Preston. I'm your host here, as ever, with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, and Karen Volpe. And we are joined for the whole show by self-described actor, improviser, vocalist, writer, and Native American, Ken Bernard. Ken Bernard. Very, very Dan Snyder of you. Thanks for having me, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Today we'll preview, as we always do, what's coming up in theaters. That includes Han Solo playing Ben Kenobi to Hugo in Ender's Game. Last Vegas, featuring 60- and 70-year-old guys too lazy to escape from maximum security prisons. Who are you? To show them how to throw the discos. Those lines will not be in last show them how to do the discus. <laughs> and later in the show... I'm not going to dress it up. Uh, uh, turkeys are dumb. Uh, really dumb. You don't get it. They're fattening us up to eat us. Hey, corn! corn. Uh, see you later, Reggie. Is that X-Men Days of Future Past? <laughs> yes. No, but you can see why we're excited about X-Men Days of Future Past. That explains it. I take umbrage with that. Clip. Umbrage. That's Freebird, by the way. Freebirds. Yes. Because Benjamin Franklin yes. wa- lobbied for the turkey to be the national bird. The national mascot. Mm-hmm. Because it is both smart, it is resilient, it is tough. Well camouflaged. Well camouflaged. <laughs> These are all things that the eagle is not. Have you eaten eagle? It tastes no. horrible. No. <laughs> horrible. Horrible tasting bird. No, I have a 10,000 it... plate. That's why. <laughs> Lee, is it a little gamey? It's a... <laughs> you can really taste the PCB. <laughs> now, speaking of well camouflaged, we're oh, all yes. in costume. Today. Yes. We are. Celebrating Halloween. 
And I want to start with uh, Ken in the middle here because he has the camouflage hat and the military-esque duds. And you are? Uh, I'm Teddy Roosevelt, our nation's somethingest president. <laughs> yes! <laughs> TR didn't care about the numbers, you know. He was more of a, more of a people person. He's the most somethingness. Do you pardon turkeys or do anything like that? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, he, he, was, he was a cowboy kind of thing. I didn't do a lot of research. I just wanted Excellent. to incorporate my mustache into a costume. <laughs> this was just where hey, it came to. Ken, I got a little Perfect. something for you. You can throw at the babes when they're asking you about your costume uh, or, or whoever you need to throw it at. Um, the wall, our Great Wall of China, there with the heads on it. What's that thing called? Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, sorry. Great the Great Wall of China <laughs> with the heads on it. Our thing with the bricks. I'm totally they using that at my next Superman party. Superman villains destroyed both those things. I can I can understand confusing <laughs> Thank them. Thank you. Yeah. So Roosevelt, he was put up there not only because he was a conservationist and yada yada yada, but because the designers wanted a guy up there with glasses. Is that right? Throat, yes, oh. I read. I didn't now read we that. Now I watched that happen at me from TV on huh. a special one time. <laughs> you throw that out, Ken, and the chicks will be lying. Yeah, yes. I, they, won't know, they won't know that fact. Architectural yeah. or sculpture tidbit. Mm-hmm. I like that. They liked a little dimension. They wanted something different, so they picked you. So congratulations. Oh, well, I like bits it of an honor. Tid. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And we'll put you uh, as a. We'll, we'll pretend it's a movie costume because John Alexander, of course, in the film Arsenic and Old Lace with Cary Grant, played the character who thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt and dressed like Teddy Roosevelt all day. Sure. And Robin Williams sure. played Teddy Roosevelt, also a Night at the Museum. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh. Look more at people me have seen. Man, throwing people at you. children. That's yeah. a movie <laughs> reference. Right Somebody Thank played you. him in the Butler, I bet. Right? <laughs> Is that Butler still <laughs> butling? Oh, that's right. When no, he didn't butler. Turn of the century. Who else do we have around the table here? Uh, I I was running late, so I threw on something I had. So I am the brunette version of Sandra D from Greece. That's ah, not Sandra. You D. look very Greece. Her name is Sandy, though, and her last um, name is what? Look Dombrowski. at me, Sandra Wait a minute, Dumbrowski. I live next to the Dumbrowskis. Really? I am. Was she, was she hot? And did she wear some black leather pants? Mrs. Dombrowski was not hot. Oh. She was. 70 plus years of age, she had a oh. little Yorkie that was eaten by the Alaskan Malamute down the street. It doesn't sound oh. sexy. <laughs> there Not was nothing name. hot Not about that. attacked and killed, but this is... just eaten whole. She was walking her dog out to the um, <gasps> oh mailbox God. one evening, and the dog was literally, you know, like softball well, size. could that bitch throw herself on top of the dog and do something about the, it? Uh, uh, am I pronouncing that right, correct? Uh, correctly, Ken, Alaskan Malamute. 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 Yeah. Malamute. This That's huge, politically correct this huge... Uh, we all uh, know Teddy Roosevelt's <laughs> affection for Teddy Malamute. Roosevelt. I have a Chihuahua mix, so I have That's no idea, I but I'll just shake my but head. But Malamute's yeah. a cookie. What do we keep going? But apparently oh, these Girl dogs are uh, great, great hunters and extremely stealthy. And she, no, 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 no. He's not such a great hunter if he's attacking a two-pound dog. Well, on, a, on, a, on a string. On a, yeah, on right. a string. <laughs> nice. A string. There wasn't a lot of cunning behind it, but I will <laughs> say that... they tracked it down, yes. Um, <laughs> apparently, it was so quiet that Mrs. Dombrowski didn't even realize it, and she literally looked down to find the dog in the mouth of the other dog just done. Jeez. That was, that was oh, sn- probably just snack a one. Yep. One. Didn't even know I the dog. I think she snapping. may have been medicated in some way. Well, perhaps. again, she was 80. So, I thought she was 70. She may have She's not heard. She's getting older the, during the story. <laughs> ruining the story, Karen. <laughs> Wait, you know, who are you supposed to be? I am very proudly. And yes. I know who you are, but I tell will. the folks at home. The entire cast of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, yes, for you, uh, you listening to this on iTunes, go to the YouTube. Yeah, go to our YouTube page. Check out his costume. It's cool. Now, I was talking and to Jamie. Our Facebook page, you'll see a picture. I was talking to Jamie about this earlier. I uh, came up with this costume in 1998. 
I, in, I have you cr- washed it since? I have not. You'll <laughs> see that there are stains. Say again? When you were five? Well, thank you, Adam. Yes. That's right. I had to borrow the scissors from my mother. <laughs> and I, I had this costume in 1998, took it out, and it was a huge hit. And then it went into storage until just last year I brought it back out. And uh, it's one of those costumes that either you get it and absolutely love it and think it's a genius. Yeah, for anybody who is listening, though, and doesn't want to go take a look at it, he has got the uh, jumper on, the jumpsuit, and then a cardboard crow and Tom Servo in your back. The silhouettes. silhouettes. I am, for the aficionado, I am Mike Nelson. I am not... Joel Hodgson, because I'm wearing the green, exactly, the green jumpsuit. And Adam, you are? Uh, I am my own creation. I shot a short a couple years ago with you and Lee, if you remember. And this is one of (laughs) these. He probably remembers. This is one of these serial killers uh, who is stalking another serial killer, and I just call him Mr. Smiley Face, because it's a mask I made myself. It's really great. You made that? It looks pretty creepy. Well, I found the mask, and then I sort of stained it and all the sort of crappiness, but it, it is a standard. Uh, like don't a, do that. A, a don't Marty, talk to me like that. A That's Mardi Gras mask. The creepiest thing. It's really I can't keep it on because otherwise it gets in the way <laughs> of the microphone. Yeah, but it wasn't also too bad. It's creepy. It was, you know, it's not, it could be worse as far as like it's preventing a happy... you from talking. Oh, yeah, That's true. true. Yeah. But I can't wrap it around my head and the headphones. It becomes kind of a mess. Can, that's the big deal nowadays, right? Like well, your necks, the strangers, the purge. It's yeah. masks. Masks yeah. are the deal, right? And the, and the parody of uh, Wes Anderson, uh, oh. the, the Midnight Coterie mm-hmm. of... Uh, I mean, that you don't have to amazing. hit that cue now. You can wait till on the show, but... Yeah, but that that also hits the mask thing, and actually the mask kind of looks like Mr. Smiley here, doesn't it? It's good, yeah. Now mm. I want to talk about that the the midnight quittery of uh, Sinister Invaders is that spoof is so dead on. It's awesome because I went I watched that and then I went to the actual trailer for Wes Anderson's new movie. Oh, it's well, that, um, the only thing they're missing is a train. It's the, the, the it, only the, thing. It's not even a spoof. It turns out the SNL is literally the movie that Wes Craven would have, or Wes Craven, Wes Anderson <laughs> <laughs> would have made. Story. See, I yeah, know my movie horror directors, mm-hmm. but that's literally the movie Wes Anderson would have made if he was making a slasher. I like that music. Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders, <laughs> starring Owen Wilson as a man in danger. Wow, what the heck? There's a bunch of crazy people standing in our yard. <laughs> hey, I think we're about to get murdered. <laughs> That is brilliant. And now everybody's doing Owen Wilson, wow. right? Yeah, now you can do an what Owen Wilson. Because wow. It's everything I loved about that sketch. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu uh, from last week's SNL episode. First of all, that Edward Norton is being entertaining oh. and most of all funny. Really yeah. funny. Good on you. And he kind of needs that. Uh, and secondly, I mean, to spoof Wes Anderson, a good on uh, Saturday Night Live because they could have picked a bigger, broader thing to spoof, you know, so everybody gets it. But you kind of got to know your shit to get this comedy and uh, and I thought it was great on them to pick something so to pinpoint something so specific and, and I think it. it's probably starting to become a little more mainstream in the sense that hipsters are so cool now and his films have a very hipster quality they are I pretty believe. hipster cinema aren't so they? it's kind of like he's a pre-hipster because he yeah, started doing he started that started shit doing it before 97 yeah mm-hmm. what must be, what must it be like to have invented a style a complete style yeah I mean there is he just made Ugh. whatever image was in his head, he was able to bring that out and make that into a just, world, and that's pretty cool. I wonder if it's easy, not necessarily easy, but I wonder if it's easy for him to make movies because he knows exactly how to make them. Well, he doesn't have to worry about like well, doing something probably. different. Interesting thing about him that I'm very happy about that I think uh, M. Night Shyamalan did the wrong version of, which is to listen to his critics and change course. So M. Night Shyamalan heard everybody was like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan's trying to surprise his ending. And he's like, no, then I won't ever do that again. And then everybody hated him. Whereas Wes Anderson, people are making this parody or whatever, and he's like, yeah, I know. 
That's whatever. exactly right. I'm just going to do it again. I don't, don't care. The movie I make. And it's completely original every time, even though it's he might be ripping off himself, I guess. But yeah. Shyamalan's just a director for hire now, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And I would hate to see Wes Anderson be just a director for hire yeah. doing Captain America 3, even though <laughs> his would be awesome. <laughs> you know, what I, I think is kind of neat, and this you actually just brought this uh, to make it a little clearer for me, is when I was taking art class in school, they said that, a lot of times, if you can understand the art you want to produce in your head whenever you're doing like drawings and paintings, yeah. it's a lot easier to make that happen under the canvas. And so I only thought of that in the dimension of painting or, or writing or something. But you're right. If you can see the movie in your head, all you got to do is just make it. Make that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. The trailer amazing. for Wes Anderson's new film, The Grand it's Budapest Hotel, is out. And fans are delighted to see the Rushmore director reunite with his cast of go-to things. Anderson spoke to <laughs> Rolling Stone about directing the beloved mainstays, <laughs> saying, quote, I'm so excited to be working with old elevators, rotary phones, taxidermied animals, and outmoded military hats again. <laughs> These items feel like my family. It's great to see this stuff back together. It really is, Carly. Anderson regulars <laughs> like handwritten notes, antique bathtubs, dingy fur coats, Renaissance-style portraits, and Vintage luggage are also set to return. <laughs> that's awesome. As okay. Adam said, that's the onion. Always that's the onion. Always, always funny. funny. You got always me on that one. Funny. I really thought that was like an entertainment. Oh, they make it sound. <laughs> they nail that format. And I was about oh. to say that is absolutely not the music you should be playing when you're doing Wes Anderson All right, review. No, speaking of entertainment yeah. uh, tonight, we should get on to our first preview. And I sure. should say quickly, I'm Indiana Jones, which when Ken arrived, they, they really are very yeah. similar yeah. outside of a leather jacket. Well, you know, shirt, Indiana it, Jones was in the, the 20s too, stuff. right? I yeah. mean, that, he, yeah. was, he was a character uh, from yeah, the 30, 20s or 30s, 30s, yeah. So there's actually probably quite a bit of influence from Teddy Roosevelt and Rugged Outdoorsman. Mm -hmm. Ken, I'd like to thank you for the dam. Oh, yes. my, Thank my you greatest, for that. my greatest pleasure, my <laughs> greatest pleasure. <laughs> Hope it holds up. <laughs> so does everybody living downstream. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our first film of the November first weekend: a documentary about the Republicans' attempt to block affordable health care for all. Ender's Game. Adam. <laughs> oh, what am I doing? That's a crazy. Cue. I was awesome. I jumped ahead to the uh, stuff from. Uh, yeah, yeah. We it? sorry. We, we, we brought that up right away. Screwed up the order of those. Actually, while I was switching around those cues, I think I was wrong about that. All right. Ender's Game is actually a science fiction film based on the book Ender's Game oh, by Orson okay. Scott Card, in which the Earth is invaded by the Formikes. A Formica-based light form able to hide in plain sight for years when people can't tell the difference between them and dull marble. <laughs> and, we, and we would be remiss to mention Orson Scott Card and not mention the controversy surrounding his statements on homosexuality. The Ender's Game author was quoted as saying any government that approved same-sex marriage would be the mortal enemy of his and that homosexuals first arrived in the world through rape or molestation or abuse. Ooh. Yet he was also quoted as writing Asshole. in Ender's Game, I think it's impossible to really understand somebody what they want, what they believe, and not love them the way they love themselves. So, not only is he a douchebag, but also a hypocrite. <laughs> nice. But I think we all care about one thing. Is the movie good? Right. Mm. But there's a group who feel they're qualified to talk about deep matters in film, and they're also available on our sister station, the movie Showcast 2, The Deuce. Uh, deuce uh, yes. We're talking, of course, about our snobby, deuce. arrogant counterparts, oh. the movie scholars. Yeah, I wonder uh, what they have to say about this. Those guys, right? Every time there's some it lofty thing It always smells like say. cheese when you go in their studio. Right. Breathe, if I'm not mistaken. Bad meat or good cheese, right? <laughs> it, let's tune into their station for a second. I think we can catch a glimpse of them talking oh. about this. Maybe this uh, will help form our discussion. Yeah, here we go. We can find them. 
Knowing the author's predilection for bringing homosexuality into his works, mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. say that the invasion by the aliens represents our inability to accept homosexuality. Unfortunately, I think there is a much more violent metaphor at mm -hmm. hand here. That, of course, being the Earth representing the hapless college co-ed who uh, innocently flirts with disaster only to have the unwanted advances of the alien race. Let's keep going. Maybe they'll come up with something. should not listen to that while driving it is really no in your own life. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. some people have bonds because of other men putting those bonds on you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have your own intellectual bonds. At least they're in agreement. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I just want to interrupt for a second and make sure you're still talking about Ender's Game. Oh, oh yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, good, because what I really think is about is... Oh, okay, enough of those guys. <laughs> 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 oh, absolutely. You know, people get... It's nothing to do with healthcare. People can get into a car accident listening to that because it puts you in a trance. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. Warning uh -huh. label on that mm -hmm. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, back to uh, back to uh, Ender's Game, uh, the the non-deuce version. Okay, in the movie, Ben Kingsley plays Mazer Rackham. Slab bulkhead. <laughs> Bridge large meats. Punt speed chunk. Butch deadlift. <laughs> who was victorious in leading the military during the initial invasion, but now he's as old as Ben Kingsley, and thus it is up to Hiram Graff. Punch rock groin. <laughs> Buck plank chest. Stump junkman. Dirk hard pack. <laughs> Rip, steak face. Slate, slab rock. Broad, bone meal. Played by Harrison Ford to train a new military leader, the one. You will be the one. I hope they can pick him out of all the other the ones, you know? He's the one. You are the chosen one! I mean, you could even get Jet leaked by mistake. The one? <laughs> the, the movie, the one? The movie, the one? <laughs> they develop a video game that trains young soldiers to fight the alien fleet after they realized video games were the only way to get a teenager's attention. Also, the skills needed to fight the Formikes just happened to be stealing cars, screwing prostitutes, and shooting crime lords. Oh, that's a GTA V. Uh, when a brilliant young boy named Ender Wiggin excels at playing video games, he rises the ranks to command the military at 16. Rackham. Damn near killed him. And Graf come to an ideological <laughs> clash over whether Ender should be allowed to kill the invaders. Now, the basis of this clash isn't revealed in the trailer, which is a mystery to me, because it's, it's the hook that I thought would get people to see it. But if you've read the book or are resourceful enough to have a roommate who has, you'd know that Ender <laughs> is never told that he's killing real living things. Ender just thinks it's a game in a metaphor for drone warfare that no grad student will miss. It's like a game of risk getting out of hand as this young boy is tricked into playing an actual game of war which is how most people end up playing the real game of Risk. They're tricked into it. <laughs> yes, old people want young people to save the world. It's not always the case when you've made a mess that you can't clean up. Adam, I'm sure the movie scholars haven't missed the drone analogy. Oh, I'm sure they haven't. Gavin Hood directs Asa Butterfield in this sci-fi... Actually, the names of the cast and the crew of Ender's Game sound like they could be the starting defensive line for the 64 Green Bay Packers. Uh, most exciting is that these names give us another chance to introduce a cast of a movie as if they're an old NFL Films Presents video. <laughs> Outer space. A dangerous expanse of mystery where only the strongest survive. Amidst this savage and threatening landscape comes a formidable band of actors who meet the challenges of an unknown world head-on. Your Ender's Game starting a lineup. Asa Butterfield. Gavin Hood. Ben Kingsley. Harrison Ford. Steve Jablonski. Karen, you want to do it? <laughs> Viola Davis.
That's awesome. Well, I could totally see Lee playing timpani on that. It's all about the music. We almost played this. <laughs> Let's try it again. <laughs> I'll, I'll Ace I'll of Butterfield. <laughs> Gavin Hood. <laughs> ben Kingsley. Harrison Ford. Steve Jablonski. Viola Davis. <laughs> And finally, I sound like a transvestite. we get Harrison Ford returning to sci-fi. The only problem is, it's this Harrison Ford returning to sci-fi. Oh well, as long as he angrily points, as long as he points angrily, I'll be into it. You find this man. There we go. You find this man. All right, there you go. That's, uh, that's Ender's game. Ender's game. Ender's game. Will it win the weekend? Mm. No. Pretty big production. As long as it has that? no competition, does it? Uh. Well, it's got these other movies, and if will Bad Grandpa hang on? Mm. Will Gravity still have life? I mean, grab Bad Grandpa beat Gravity. About so that's the Counselor. Done. No, we've got the other two coming out, right? <laughs> did, did that come out? Well, it's got to beat Free Birds, or uh, can kids go see this? Because it's the Free Birds is for the Las kids. This oh yeah, kids can go see this. They're the yeah, ones. Old shooting people go to out. Las Vegas. Young kids go to Free Birds, and then everyone else goes to this. So this is this serves more of the populace. Well. Right? Meet yeah. in the lobby, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might be one of those. Now, these homophobic remarks have got everyone in the cast and crew apologizing. Well, you know, or at least commenting. They they can't avoid it, it seems. Mm. Uh, So, you know, Robert Orsi, the writer, Gavin Hood said some stuff. Harrison Ford at Comic-Con when I was there said, you know, that the the novel says all these great things about humanity, so don't let one comment or something else spoil it. It's such a shame because... uh, But is it just one comment? Has the man said other things? Harrison Ford. No, because <laughs> he didn't say much. No, not Harrison Ford. <laughs> no, no, this guy. I mean, he's a he's a he's Mormon. He's like a great 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 grandson or something like that of Brigham Young. He's oh, a, he's, so he's got credentials. He's, he's pretty. Uh, I mean, they're all related. The the Mormons. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grandpa's now. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes this is going to be intolerant. I'll probably get shot later, but I think some intolerant. No, I think sometimes when people are so obviously, as we know, very religious, and they're like, no, it must only be one way. It's because they are afraid of their own homosexuality. So uh, well, sometimes. How often does that come out in politics? Exactly. So I'm wondering if maybe that might be part of the... It says here that he believes that homosexuality first arrived in the world through rape, molestation, or abuse. I don't think he understands how rape, molestation, or abuse (laughs) works. It's not like you said, I'm going to participate with you homosexually. If you rape somebody, they will give birth to a gay person? He's spewing talking points. Yeah, you know, I, I never knew this about. I mean, I only know this about him because people have told me this about him. It's, I've never read the book. I don't, you know, I only know it because it's a hot topic. It's not like I. Oh, I love that store. Searched. But like I said, we will, we will just. We're concerned if the movie's good, right? I mean, I'll, I'll go. I want to go see for Harrison Ford just to watch exactly. him do kind of anything. Just to watch him point angrily. I know. I just I watch him do anything. Get Still. off my Ender's game. All <laughs> <laughs> I off my spaceship in my mind when I was watching the trailer. <laughs> yeah, he was my favorite growing up. Still probably my favorite at all time, but he hasn't been in anything that's been huge lately. I mean, uh, Crystal Skull made a lot of money, my least favorite film of all time. But uh, So I'm dying for him to be in a huge hit that I really enjoy. Hopefully that happens with this. We'll it's, see. It's like Mel Gibson. I still have the synapses that uh, lock in and say, I love Harrison Ford, even though I haven't loved Harrison Ford since Air Force One or something. You yeah, know, I mean, no, that, that yeah. clear and present danger? That's like 20 years? Ouch. But they mentioned Mel know. Gibson's in Expendables 3. I'm in! I love that oh, guy! Totally. Oh, wait, I should have that guy Ford. Yeah. Oh, yes! Expendables 3 will be the greatest thing ever. Are they both really slated to be in that? They They are. Holy hell. I mean, that's taken a wide swath of what action stars, because now they're down to, like, quality action stars of the 80s. Yeah. You know? Everybody wants a piece. 
<laughs> Everyone wants a piece of the HF. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I hope it's good. And then, you know, I I don't know if it's aimed towards kids. Like we were talking about no, demographics. No, game, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big uh, adult book that it's based on. or Because or, stars a kid, sometimes you can get confused. It looks like a kid's thing to me, but... Is it a kid's thing, Jamie? Nope. No. Really? Jamie says no. Don't and go, it's, children. It's true. It's true. true. Well, then you can expect a bomb. If it, if this can't appeal to kids in any way, and it's about like sci-fi and stuff, then that's a bad move, right? You got to make this PG and about space and about Asa Butterfield, I guess. I don't know. Was this there going to be space sex? Is there any space sex in it? Sex. Oh, I hope so. Sex wars. <laughs> I used to own that porno. Sex wars. Sex, that was the thing. Did they float yeah. in space? No, no. Uh, they just, and they had really weird robots that farted and stuff. It was really kind of gross. I don't you think that was a porno. It's just Adam. like like gross places to hang out, don't they? Just like, ugh. It's no Hardware Wars. No. Oh, yeah. Hardware Wars was no. shit. All right, now the names <laughs> of some of these characters from Ender's Game certainly rank amongst the goofiest in sci-fi history. Mm. Uh, so as we did with Transformers and Avatar, we are now going to permanently enshrine these names in the international order of ornate sci-fi and fantasy names. And can you remember the order, right? Yes, sir. All right, good. Because we <laughs> <laughs> we can only do this. We can only do this among other order members. It's a very sacred uh, thing. So uh, let's begin the ceremony. In the name of Harold Bosk and Gary Dengar, those were their their names. Okay. We submit the following names to be preserved in history as some of the goddamn wackiest names ever thought up by an author. Behold, from Ender's Game, Mazer Rackham, Hiram Graff, Ender Wigan. Bonzo Madrid and Dink Minker. We, we speak, speak your, your names. names. It's Dink Meeker. It's so weird I couldn't even say it right. But they will forever join the legends that have come before them. Like Max Hedrum. We, we speak, speak your, your names. names. Bib Fortuna. <laughs> we speak, we your, speak names. your names. <laughs> Severus Snape. We, we speak, speak your names. names. Legolas Greenleaf. We, we speak your names. names. Effie Trinket. We, we speak, speak your names. names. Bellatrix Lestrange. We, we speak, speak your names. Snake Pliskin. We, we speak your names. Zephram Cochrane. We, we speak your names. Sam Witwicky. We, we speak your names. Zoe Saldana. We speak your names. Regis Philbin. We speak your names. Sigourney Weaver. We speak your names. Guys, those are actually Lambo Field. We speak your names. Max von Sydow. We speak your names. Guys, sorry, Paul. We're undermining the solemnity of this occasion. Let's just let me immortalize one more name, okay? Okay. Is it short? No. Asa Maxwell Thornton Far Butterfield. We speak your names. All right. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> it's quite the class this year. It's, uh, yeah. As if, uh, yeah, Asa Butterfield weren't an odd enough that's name. That's his full real name. Asa Maxwell. Is that Thor true? You know, Maxwell that's because Farr this is probably his porno name, because Thornton is the street I grew up on. Gender's <laughs> <So. laughs> game, right, guys? <laughs> When's that coming out in a couple <laughs> weeks? <laughs> All right, on to the next film. The Cialis party that Harrison Ford apparently was not invited to. <laughs> <laughs> it's Last Vegas, Karen. Yeah. A pair of aging stick-up men try to get the old gang back together for one last hurrah before one of the guys takes his last assignment to kill his comrade. Oh, wait. Oh. 
Huh? Sorry. What? Sorry, Paul. Uh, yeah. No, that's the plot of stand-up guys from uh, February. Sorry, Karen, oh. go ahead and read the plot for Las Vegas. Old people. All right, sure, Paul. Let's see here. Our three senior citizens who live on the dole and share a small apartment in Brooklyn decide to organize a bank robbery at the Aladdin Casino slash hotel. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm no. sorry. That is the plot of 1979's Going in Style. I thought that sounded familiar. Old yeah. Martin yeah. Brest yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay, well, here it is. I got it. <clears throat> Two elderly gangsters are released from prison only to have trouble filling. No, 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 wait. It's about four aging astronauts who are called upon to rescue a fallen wait, satellite. Wait, I think I got it. I think I got it. That was <laughs> Tough Guys and Space Cowboys, by oh, the way. So oh, what are we okay. saying? <laughs> I guess we're saying every generation has its old guys on an adventure movie. Yeah. And Last Vegas is the newest to be aimed at a demographic that doesn't go to movies. Old men. <laughs> <laughs> Last Vegas stars Michael Douglas, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, and Kevin Kline, cast as men their age, oh. who refuse to act their age for one last bachelor party in Las Vegas. Oh, my. So, you can expect puking, strip gl- clubs, and Mary Steenburgen's tits. <laughs> Michael Douglas is cast as a man marrying a woman half his age to? by the what? obvious choice <laughs> casting agent. Oh, okay. yes. The same people who cast Robert De Niro as the tough-talking one, Kevin Klein as the smartass, and Morgan Freeman as the one with the nice voice. <laughs> We're pretty sure they just wander around Vegas trying to redeem their rain check ticket for the Don Rickles at the Riviera show in 1968. Hey, dummy. <laughs> hey there, hockey puck. Hockey puck. Hockey puck. <laughs> they find that Vegas has changed and that the Rat Pack has been replaced by Carrot Top, Donnie and Marie, Cirque du Soleil, and a Dolly Parton impersonator, making for the worst Ocean's 14 imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> After a brief dementia scare when they're unable to find the sands, the crew hits all the bachelor party sites, including a strip club, where they play, is that your hip grinding or is that mine, with the dancers, until they're surprised to find that $5 doesn't get you a private room anymore and are kicked out. <laughs> They're rejected by Vegas's younger players until everyone realizes how high you get from Lipitor when you <laughs> snort it. <laughs> it's true. They're taking over the town. And if you've ever been in Vegas when four wild and crazy guys take over the town, then you know it's little more than a bunch of drunk guys being obnoxious at the craps table next to you. John Turtletaub was named director of the movie when the producers felt it didn't have enough of a national treasure Mighty Ducks <laughs> Three Ninjas feel. <laughs> and I ask you, where are the female? Where is the female version of this movie? The women of Bridesmaids got derailed, so I'd like to see an old group of women go to Sin City. Ooh. Mary Steenburgen is the oldest actress in this film. And she's only six. You gotta have Catherine O'Hara in the film to be like the old women who pull off a heist. <laughs> right? right? You gotta have her in Golden Hawn. In a truly fictional turn of events, the four friends leave Las Vegas closer and more trusting of one another than when they arrived. <laughs> yeah, I've never left Vegas that way with anybody. No, that is total Hollywood. That's a. Uh, most trips home from Vegas is a very quiet, white-knuckle ride home, <laughs> yeah. just kind of looking at the guy out of the corner of your eye like, okay. And then, and then about a half hour in a drive, you go, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to keep your mouth shut, right? Okay, we're good. Yeah. Ken, have you ever played Vegas? You're a stand-up comedian. Uh, I have never performed there, no. Is but, it a dream of yours? Uh, no, not particularly. <laughs> well, not actually, I, I did, one time I went to Vegas, I did, uh, I pretended I was, I ran out of money and I pretended I was a... A doorman opening up the, the door for people and just saying, Welcome to the Bellagio. Uh, <laughs> but I was outside of Caesar's Palace at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only performance I've ever done in Vegas. And uh, it was a tip. You earned $300. I, did, I, I earned a couple of a bucks. Cup? Yeah. You don't have to be booked to have a performance. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah. That's a... It was a sad, very, like, sad street art kind of thing. <laughs> Most but, people uh, walking in were probably too drunk to know they weren't at the Bellagio <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like, here, here's five Make bucks, art kid. wherever you go. Uh, Adam, you started uh-huh. us down a good uh, path. Who yeah. else should be in this old ladies go to Vegas movie? Ooh. Uh, I, I do yeah. think the Go- Goldie Hawn's a good idea. Annette oh, Benning, yeah. sure. Bette Midler, uh, maybe? Sure, she'd be great. Maybe she Lily could be Tomlin? the... 
No, no, no. She's bitchy. If you want to ruin it, you put want Barbara fun. Streisand in it. Oh, she, she wouldn't go to it. Vegas. No, exactly. She would not. I like Goldie. She would Hawn, only go to Catherine Vegas from the east. What? Goldie yeah. Hawn, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, oh, you know what? Shelley Long. Oh, oh yeah. that'd be fun. She could be the uptight up one. Yes, yeah. She's holding up nicely. Yes, she's holding up nicely. Big yeah, business cast, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In that movie called Big Business. Yeah, it was yeah. her and yeah. No, outrageous fortune. Oh, outrageous no, fortune. I was. Li- I, I didn't. Anne Archer. Anne. What happened to Anne Archer? Nothing says hilarious. Like Anne Archer. Hey. Uh, I got a Only little confused here because I didn't read the script Bonnie beforehand. Bedelia. So you say the women of bridesmaids got derailed. Does that just mean they never made it to Vegas? Yeah, or? they got in a plane. They didn't make it, so we they still don't have that there, women right? in, in Vegas uh, movie. Yeah. Bridesmaids or, didn't go to Vegas? I didn't see that movie. I, no, I they saw got it and they got Marshall trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, I'm still, Lee and I are going to Vegas. So we're going to go see a Thunder from Down Under. Yep. Uh, I can't get Paul to see What's these that? with me, so Lee's going with me. We're going to see uh, the hot other... Australian guys hot, There's another strippy show we should go see, Jamie. Jamie got married in Vegas. I didn't get to see any naked men Did there. you? Did you go kitschy? It's all disappointment. Did you get like a kitschy one of the little chapel things? Excalibur. It was awesome. <laughs> well, the reason Karen's taking yeah. me, yeah. because it's the same reason you take a hot chick to a regular strip club. You get all the attention when you take a woman to a traditional strip. So yeah. I'm actually flattered that Karen wants yeah. to take me to the Chippendales Thunder from a Down Under version because they're going to be all over me. Yeah, Look well, you're me. not supposed to bring gay men bones. in there. Come on. So I'll bring this one. Yeah. Who sort of looks heterosexual. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, Paul? You don't want to join us? Actually, you know what I want to do? Let's check in with those movie scholars oh, again. Oh, no. Do we uh, have to? I don't know if they've moved on to talking about Last Vegas like we have. Oh, oh check that in. would be interesting. <laughs> Maison Sen. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. 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 Diegetic music. Uh, non-diegetic music. Oh, they're uh, down yeah. a path. Aperture. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, it's all tour. They're just saying fancy oh, yeah. words. Hayes oh. production goat. Oh, I hope we don't end up <laughs> there at the end of this. <laughs> just listening to them again, <laughs> I can smell yeah. the cheese. Hitchcockian. Yeah, enough of those guys. All right, get out of here. That's crazy. Rat Pack, what do you have written here? The Fanny Pack? Who's the Fanny? The Rat Pack, the Brat Pack, and the, who's the Fanny Pack? That would be the old guys. I guess the that is guys. the old guys, the right? Old guys the Fanny Pack. The fanny pack. <laughs> well, Karen said that you got uh, De Niro. He's Sinatra, right? Yeah. You got uh, Douglas. He's Dean Morgan, Martin. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is Sammy, Davis, Sammy Jr. Davis Jr. And Kevin Klein is Joey Bishop. You know, they play it right. They could, they could uh, end the movie Las Vegas by opening up at one of the clubs. I, I don't want to give him an ending, but you know, a week before they open. But I just don't think Kev- <laughs> I just don't think Kevin Klein fits into this. I he, don't either. He doesn't look or feel. He old shouldn't enough. be playing fuddy duddy just quite yet. Yeah. Maybe yes. in a year. No, he made, he's the one with the Lipitor <laughs> joke. He's the, in the January trailer. man. Uh, that's not right. When Tommy Lee Jones was a space cowboy, I had issues too. It's like, dude, seven years ago you were chasing Richard Kimball. I you do want to bring be old like Eastwood yet. I do want to bring this up because there's actually another movie called Last Vegas that's coming out that has a very different trailer that Adam showed us today. What? That trailer you sent out for Las Vegas? Oh it's yeah, there's the same a, movie. Well, it's, it's the same movie, but okay, that's the that's the thing. They released the two trailers for each of these, and we usually watch the very first one yeah. when we start writing the shows. But when it comes down to the like a week before it coming out, they release a whole second trailer. Oh. We we discussed the second trailer for another movie, but this other one is actually funny and makes me want to see the movie. Oh, well, why yeah. did they put that out first? I don't know. There's a hilarious moment where Morgan Freeman, like, he gets a call from the other guys, and he's like, oh, I don't want to do this. i got to take a handful of pills and all that stuff. And you see him sneaking out his window, and he's like, 
Okay, and you re- and you think he's like in this high up window it's and a low it angle cuts shot. to the wide shot and he's like a foot off the ground. It's, it's funny. It's like, uh, I don't know. And there's this whole other dynamic where they don't actually get along. Like De Niro has got a beef with the rest of them yeah. and he's got to be convinced to come out with them and, and then some ground to cover. Soothe old wounds and yeah. That kind of stuff was fun in World's End. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That yeah. sort of sounds like that. And then it, and then they gets pushed in the pool. Remember when oh. Michael Doug gets pushed Somebody, in the pool? Oh, you got to get pushed in the pool. Michael gets pushed in the pool and he's wearing a really nice suit and then he gets pushed in the pool. Crazy. As soon as you see the pool, uh, you know it's coming. I do not. I gotta tell you, I do not know how to swim. So anytime I see something in a movie where someone is pushed in a pool, I immediately go, "I couldn't play that." Wait part. a minute. I couldn't play that part. You don't. I, I know can't how to play swim? the part of a guy who's fifty either. But I go, oh, "I can't play that part." I'm no, a, I'm gonna toss. I could never be pushed in a pool. You don't know how to swim. Uh, no. I said that Karen right here and the movie guys. Really? I know how to doggy paddle, but I've never been pushed in a pool. You can't do an Olympic swim. Oh, no, I would do an Olympic die. Is what uh, I, would do. I am. I'm going to toss random well, questions to Ken. Ken, do you know how to swim? I do know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next movie. Uh, let's talk turkey about kicking off the family film juggernaut that is the holiday season. Finally, the most shouted word in quiet moments at concerts gets its own movie. <laughs> yes, it's called Freebirds. Lee. Freebirds is the latest film to be named after a Leonard Skinner song. Will it be as successful as 2002's Sweet Home Alabama or 2006's That Smell? <laughs> We can only venture a guess. <laughs> Freebirds tells the story of two turkeys who travel back in time to rescue the turkey race for decades to come by convincing Sarah Connor to try Tofurky instead of turkey. Yes. <laughs> but I hope it's about Terminator that. Terminator That would be though. awesome. Shouldn't turkeys that are smart enough to invent time travel be able to come up with a better idea than killing pilgrims <laughs> to stop turkeys from being eaten on Thanksgiving? <laughs> and what's to be made of the portrayal of turkeys with their own use of time travel for purely selfish purposes? Never bothering to save, well, yams or cranberries for being from being smashed for yeah. centuries to come, or warning Indians about society adopting them for sports mascots, or or even bothering to stop off in 1977 to warn Leonard Skinner about boarding that plane. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline for this movie is "Hang on to your nuggets," even though nuggets is more of a reference to chicken. Chickens and turkeys are still both birds, so the filmmakers are hoping you won't notice that. And that you won't notice that Lightning McQueen is the voice of one of the turkeys. Balls. I think it refers to balls. <laughs> Woody Harrelson voices one of the other cartoon turkeys, with the filmmakers missing a more appropriate chance to have him voice baked stuffing. <laughs> nice. The National Pork Association would like to remind you that it's perfectly okay to eat turkey this Thanksgiving. And every Thanksgiving. Yummy! Yay! I think Roosevelt has to tell us whether or not it's okay to eat turkey. Well, i got to be honest that with you. That seems like your thing. That is the uh, absolute yeah, appropriate amount of time we should have given to that. <laughs> that we did. <laughs> that is the <laughs> first time we've actually given a movie like that exactly as much time as it needed. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Usually we got six pages for turkeys. Roosevelt, you're a hunter. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to hunt? Do uh, you like hunting turkey? Uh, tur- uh, yeah, turkeys are fine. I've actually never, uh, per- personally, never killed a thing before. I mean, like a fish. Um, with your bare hands? Uh, not with my yeah, bare like hands. Like a bear, I the man jumped into bear the stream. Fish. <laughs> I used a bear's hands <laughs> to <laughs> kill a fish. They have the claws. It's much much easier. <laughs> um, I I don't know. You know, you see this movie. That, 
honestly, it's this is the animated Thanksgiving movie that the world has been crying out for. I think <laughs> a turkey-based one. Yeah, turkey-based. And probably what the third or fourth Thanksgiving movie ever. Just got I mean, that. We may have had this conversation before, but we have. There's not many, right? Planes, trains, mm-hmm. planes, trains. Stuart saves, the holidays. His, Stuart saves Home his family. Stuart saves his family. Pieces of April. Pieces of April. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Apocalypse Now. Stop it. <laughs> that's a Christmas movie. This, we know that. about it, right? I mean, Avalon had a lot of Thanksgiving in it, but it's not a Thanksgiving movie. Home for Porum. Home for Porum. Oh, that's right. There's <laughs> no place like Home for Porum. <laughs> But yeah, there aren't any songs either for Thanksgiving, are there? Oh, uh, yes. Over the, Over river, the river and through the, the woods to Grandma's house we go. That's Thanksgiving? I think it's well, a Thanksgiving yeah. song. Yeah. You can go to Grandma's anytime. There's a Thanksgiving carol? I think that's the only one. I thought, uh, there's I uh, only Christmas carols. A uh, Christmas, a Thanksgiving uh, carol. Thanksgiving. <laughs> we should write carols for one. other holidays. They're so missing... Easter? Yeah. Thanksgiving Carol is just the Walmart jingle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> get it, get out there in the retail environs. I guess, you Welcome know. Welcome to Walmart, have a nice day. Uh, <laughs> Ken has a good point because I think now Thanksgiving has just really kind of been, in, it's been changed from being a time you get together with your family and you're thankful to a time that you get together and you carb load for the shopping the next day. Mm. You just all eat a whole bunch of food and then at midnight you just beat up other people and try to get a TV. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the day before the Black, Black, Black Friday. Friday. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. uh, Thanksgiving is always a Thursday. Right? I need yep. to uh, say the Alan Collins and Gary Rossington. You know who those guys are? No, that's a shame. Daytime hosts, Gary Rossington, Alan Collins, and Gary Ross. They're the guys who did the badass guitar solo in Freebird. Oh, it's so, you know, so good. Well, that explains their names. Are, are they dead? I speak I your speak names. Speak your names. Gary Collins and. And Joe Gary Collins, isn't that Wendy's? He's, he's, he's the home show host. Gary Rossington. But you know what I mean. Alan Collins and Gary uh, Rossington. Are, are they, right. They're dead, right? But, but, but. They were on the plane? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But I speak their names. Oh, uh, and a total tangent. This is the coolest thing. Uh, if you go about maybe a quarter of a mile away from our house, you can go by the music. What's it called? The Musicology? It's a place where Randy... Oh, Musonia. Musonia. It's where Randy Rhodes' family had a music store. Oh. And it's still there exactly the same way it was built, I think, back in the like 20s or 30s or something. The building itself is a music school. And you can go there. And we brought a friend of ours there. And we went when they were teaching lessons. We were able to go inside. There's just Randy Rhodes stuff everywhere. And he has his room still. The where guitarist he, for... Uh, for um, Ozzy. Ozzy. I was just thinking Solo of it because stuff. he died in a plane crash as well. And he was very young. And yeah, he was yeah, a great yeah. guitarist. So if you ever can tra- check out Moose, yeah, it's Musonia, something you may not see if you're visiting it's LA. Cool, and uh, you know, looking for sites. It's a little off the beaten path here in the valley. Something it's cool in the valley. Some really that, cool. That too, you know, is, is, and it's is still worth a functioning music store. His brother runs it. Of course, the Admirals Lounge, another cool place. Another cool place. Feel free to stop by, exactly, and meet Ken. All right, well, <laughs> let's, let's do that now because that's enough of what's coming out this weekend. And uh, yeah, let's talk to I Ken. I hope you're a little bit more well misinformed. But uh, <laughs> Ken, let's start with uh, the question for you that uh, we ask yep. oh, everybody. My, none of my answers are on here. Uh oh. Okay. Well, you'll have to wing it. <laughs> okay. Cheat off his what paper. What is your name? We're going to do improvs. <laughs> let's do improvs. Let's do sketches let's and improvs. Let's do improvs. You're from you were uh, from Chicago, right? Did you move to Chicago from where? Uh, I moved to Chicago from D.C. originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Nice. So, okay. Yes. Did you do stand up before you got into Chicago? Uh, I did a little bit in D.C., but mainly Chicago is where I, I cut my cut my teeth. Yeah. Doing uh, doing the stand ups. Um, 
Let's see. You won the Andy Kaufman Award. Uh, when did, did you win that? That? Is, that is a typo. <clears throat> I uh, came in second place. <laughs> second place Andy Kaufman would probably is, like that you came in second place. You know what? It's uh, it's a funnier place to come in. Yeah. I've come in second place in almost every comedy contest I've been in, which I think is a good... Uh, what is the Andy <laughs> Kaufman consistent. Award? You're consistent. You're uh, consistent. It's, like it's sort of like a weird uh, comedy contest. Who gives contest. the Andy Kaufman Award? Uh, the... His for, like former uh, friend, well not former friend, I guess friend. I mean I don't know. Do friends Did you get it from Zmuda? Did Zmuda give it to you? No, no. Zmuda no. oh. is not involved in it for some reason, but it's his old friend and his family are also involved in it. His brother and his father uh, uh, are also sort of part of the selecting panel. So was that the year that Robert Buscemi sent out the uh, email that he'd won? Wasn't there something Buscemi had faked that he'd won as like a stunt? Oh, one I don't year? remember that. I thought I heard that on his interview with Pete Holmes that he they talked about that. I don't. I, I, that's the first time I'd heard about it. I don't know. Yeah, but, he could come on and. Yeah, this is this podcast right now is the only one I've ever listened to, so I don't like. Oh, really whoops! Okay, <laughs> he's loyal. Excellent. That's loyalty. And I mean, you know what? I mean, this and episode oh. exactly. <laughs> right. as Saving it's right being now. recorded yeah. since yeah. since fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's it's just like a, an award celebrating you know weird comedic acts and. But and who that sort of who thing. issues it? The family. The yes, family? the family, and wow. they they do it at Caroline's. So Caroline's Comedy Club in New York has. Uh, How do I get into the running? You just submit. It, oh, I really? think it already happened, or maybe it's the you gotta beginning be weird, of November. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, at least weird. What's, what's weirder than giving the award to a guy who's never done stand-up? You, you don't have to have so. done it. Some, people, some some the guy won a couple years ago. He did like a video yeah. submission. Um, so yeah, Nick Vatterot won it one year. I lost my year to Reggie Watts. Oh, so Reggie Watts, in big name, very good company. I guess. Can I, I have a yeah. question for you? Because yes, a lot of us get into comedy because we're weird and we're trying to impress our family. We need attention. And we need attention. Mm -hmm. Did you have any relatives or anything that was just that uncle that was super friggin' funny and you wanted to impress him? Or was there a thing that made you go, you know what? I'm going to be funny. Um, I think like... If, in my family, my dad was the the funny guy. My mom loves all of my comedy, but gets none of it whatsoever. <laughs> That's the perfect person, yeah. though. Um, but my dad was like the the weird funny guy. You know, he had just used strange words that I've adopted and and changed and stuff. So that's I think where I got my my first love of comedy was just through him being weird and us making strange music videos as children <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, but like as far as professionally, I you know I love Andy Kaufman. He's a big influence of mine, and uh, Steve Martin, his old stand-up. I mm -hmm. love. I used Very to have absurdist, his, right? his records, and yeah, he was before he was pumping out all those cheaper by the dozens. He was yeah. really he doing amazing, amazing work that nobody. <laughs> you have uh, the cheaper by the dozens and bringing down the house. And some of his biggest box and Pink Panther was some of his biggest box office, yes. and that always kind of like made me go, "Oh, come on, kid comedy!" But yeah, yeah. but he also made the jerk. So yeah, he also right. made the jerk. Yeah. Well, I mean, made, made, and made, made also, brains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't make as much money, and that always made me go, "Oh, I wish." Yeah, but does everyone here have a Steve Martin album memorized? Let's get small. I completely have memorized. I think I have Wild and Crazy small. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I have pieces guy. from them, but I have Let's yeah. Get Small on album, so I'm kind of excited about that. You're the one that uh, <laughs> you're the first time I ever found the Steve Martin Brothers was Paul Preston. You ever heard the Steve Martin Brothers, the oh. legendary fourth album? That side one is all outtakes from the first three albums, and side two is all banjo. 
Really? You ever heard of that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a great he only did two albums or three albums and then that released that fourth one called the Steve Martin Brothers. Yeah. And the first time I heard that was Paul had it in his collection. It has a great bit where he comes out on stage and he just is a total <laughs> asshole yeah. for like the first five minutes. Yeah. Then he kind of goes, all right. And then he goes into his routine. He never explains it or anything. He just comes <laughs> out and he goes, well, good evening, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, and he just starts this whole thing. You tell the audience, he's kind of shocked. He's like, I go down to the goddamn fucking comedy store and <laughs> steal material from the new comics and nobody cares. I take it on the Tonight Show and I'm so fucking great and fuck you. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Uh, it just goes on with his routine. You That's know, we funny. had uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, Kristen Stuttered on uh-huh. and I found out that she got her start from a Steve Gadlin thing called Impress These Apes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Were yeah. you involved in Impress These Apes? Because you uh-huh. were involved in Don't Spit the Water, which yes. was a Steve Gadlin. Yes, I was involved in Impress These Apes. It was after uh, Kristen had won the the little little contest. Well, I'll I'll uh, call it a little contest. <laughs> uh, were you Jordan. one of the apes at all? I was not. I hosted it after Dan Telfer and Jared Logan were the original two uh, hosts and co-hosts, and then after they moved on, then uh, myself and Jim Fath were the hosts and co-hosts. Um, so yeah, it was a fun time, but that was, I was before Kristen. But it was a very weird, as are a lot of Steve Gadlin productions, yeah. just strange sort of like pulled two ideas and put them together and, and made it work with a lot of Yeah, right now he's love. doing a talent search called Star Makers. Steve Gadlin Star Makers. Steve Gadlin Star yeah, Makers. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting some traction on Reddit because he is just trying to make the weirdest I, YouTube he, clips. It's amazing, yeah. And they're succeeding because yeah. he's just normal people. Some some normal people, some comedians pretending to be normal people and just being super weird, which is perfect. I mean, that's what the internet is is around now. Uh, you know, you you find something has been faked, and you're like, you give him a, I give him a bigger applause when I find out I was fooled by a right. video. Like, yeah. this has got to be fake, and like then it the, is, and you're like, oh well, awesome, yeah. great, yeah. Like the lady who talks about her cat when she's doing the video for a dating site. That's fake. Oh yeah, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Oh, That's like a fake. Dating video submission. It's a. F- it's you don't think it's fake. It's That's so fake. good. Yeah. But it's fake. I've but she's that, like, wonderful. I've seen that. I thought it was she real. She just starts crying because she loves her cat so much, and you just are like, we will never date. The Oscar her. goes <laughs> too. She's really good. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Hey, let me uh, let me jump back to uh, movies for a second. Oh, I, yeah, I don't want right. to escape without asking you what That's we right. ask all our guests. Okay. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, a favorite movie I've had to you know, had to pick. I would say Rocky. Oh, Rocky, oh, my right. favorite. Can't go wrong. Favorite movie. That Se- is not cl- a wrong answer. Close second, Groundhog Day. Yes. Oh, so, that's woo. Right. I gotta have, right have, here, have, the, have the yin and the yang, you know. Huh? Wait, wait. Oh, I don't have Groundhog Day in here, but huh? All the, I, okay. all the Bill Murray's. There you go. I, I, I had can, a roommate who stay. revealed to me that that is a more perfect film than people realize oh, when you watch so that film. There is nothing out of place in that film, except really I should be playing the Andy McDowell role. Well, that's the only thing out of place in my life. Anyway. Yeah, that that's a tight script. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and if you like judged it as science fiction, you'd be super impressed. Yeah, but most of the time, it just gets greeted as a romantic comedy, and you love it. Yeah, but it could be some real strong sci-fi as well. It's a good yeah, movie. and the performance aspect, I think, is something I think about as as an as an actor, as a yes, as a, tell us, as Ken. occasionally working. It just the the process of how just doing the same thing over and over again, and how Bill yeah. Murray keeps it fresh and. And not fresh sometimes, and, and, and it consistent doesn't, at the same time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, and you watch him go through the discovery the first week of days. You watch him discover that uh, he's got to react the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, and that's just that's really cool. And then at some points, he's doing a performance where you're like, "Oh, he's lived 150 days." Like somebody did the math and realized he was stuck in that loop for like seven years or something. Yeah, wow. yeah, Jeez. yeah. That's one one movie I would love to just have been able to watch be made and just see all of that happen. Yeah, do you think they had the balls to do anything out of order? I don't know. I would be I afraid. Yeah. 
Yeah, someone's there in charge of it all. Uh, Jamie, who wrote that? Groundhog oh, Day. You know, speak, oh. speak Jamie of, on that on because it. that guy deserves a shout out. Well, that, what's funny is I met that guy in Chicago at some sort of screenwriting symposium, and he revealed a couple scenes that aren't in the movie. Maybe they're in the script, but just didn't get shot. Uh, can you plug me in there, Karen? There I can't. Yeah, oh, okay. No, I unplugged everybody. Um, the, he, there was a scene where each day you see him reading and putting a book on the shelf, and then you pull back as he puts a book on the shelf to reveal that he has read thousands <gasps> of books, oh. and it sort of logs his time, this entire wall of books that mm. he had read, but it never ended now, up in the movie. Now, did that get cut or not shot? I don't know. I actually uh, don't know if that was in the script and didn't get shot or, or whatever, but it was kind of a... He said there was some very heavy things, and when you're dealing with that amount of time, you can get pretty heavy, and the movie kind of goes there. He kills himself and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty serious shit, you know, jumping off the rooftop. It's a great stuff. movie, not to discount Rocky in no. any way, of course. His name's Danny Rubin. Danny Rubin. Danny wrote Harold Ramis. Oh, okay. okay. no, well, Ramis had a hand in it. Well, I thought Harold wrote that. I don't know. Well, there you uh, go. It won the Danny BAFTA. Rubin's the guy I met. But, and yeah. did you like Rocky Balboa? Uh, you know what? I've only seen it once in the theater, and that's the only Rocky movie. Well, I, I saw Rocky three in the theater later. Oh, that's, um, oh, that's where I saw you at the New Beverly. Oh, right? that is that's right. Probably the last time I saw yeah, you. that's right. It was I knew Rocky we had seen each other at a screening. Poltergeist. Yeah, it was yeah, 1983 that was night. Fun, that was just yeah, that was a fun. Oh, yeah, I came in during Poltergeist there. Yeah, I came For in. For folks who don't know the uh, LA, one of LA's best cinemas, it's the New Beverly, owned by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Always with an eclectic uh, slate of. Re-releases and and classics. Yeah, I didn't know Quentin Tarantino owned that. Yeah, he owns the building. I don't think he runs the business. Well, but, he saved but, the building. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they were going to toss the New Beverly out, and he bought the building, and then just said, "New Beverly, you're there forever. Don't worry about getting hmm. kicked out." But also, so. he uh, does a lot of programming there. He'll, he'll, he'll yeah, say, yeah. Hey, can I get oh, two weeks? And then you'll see some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Django Unchained played for two weeks, and they're like, and you could tell like they were a little pissed because it's like nobody's coming now. Two weeks in, like, <laughs> <laughs> we have to be showing Django Unchained still because Quentin's our man. Yeah. Now, what what did you think? What's the last time you seen Rocky two, three, four, or two, four, five? I've seen them all multiple, multiple yeah. times. Besides Rocky Balboa, I didn't like Rocky Balboa too much. It was more of like a sort of a a greeting card to yeah. to the characters uh, that we that we know and love. But uh, they each have their they each have their place. You know, even Rocky five. Even though the best part of Rocky five is the ending credits, where you see all the black and white stills from each Rocky movie before it. Um, and there's a beautiful Elton John song called Measure of a Man. I, I don't mm. know that. Could you sing me a little? <clears throat> You've come full circle now, you're home. Without the gold, <laughs> without the throne. <laughs> you had to lose so you could win and rise above your troubles while you can. Now you can love, now you can lose, now you can choose. That's the measure of a man. <laughs> Well, that oh. does it a touch better, just a touch, but <laughs> I, worth looking up. I like that you were kind of starting to channel share, and I like that. That, that happens. And that my, my second man. costume choice for the mustache was Sonny Bono. So <laughs> I've, had, I've been listening, and then again, Groundhog Day. Could have gone share. It all. Uh, yeah. We would be remiss to mention uh, Rocky without mentioning the soundtrack to Four. What's your favorite song in the Rocky Four soundtrack? One of the greatest soundtracks of the 80s, Feel right? Feel free to sing it. Um, oh, please. <laughs> well, the, the one that's popping into my head is Hearts on Fire, but that's not my favorite. My favorite, favorite one is when he's driving. Uh, With the burning heart? 
No. Is that the one? That's my no. favorite because it's the only it's, one I can think what is of. It? It's killing me because I had... Uh, I had a oh, the one we're driving through the tunnel. What is yeah, that? Yeah, it's right after Apollo dies. It's um. Real, look at Jamie. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Jamie, I, I feel research department, please. Vince, Vince DeCola, the the the, oh, the, yeah. the creator of the soundtrack to Transformers the movie, wrote all the songs with maybe uh, Stallone's brother or something for Rocky IV. Oh, I've Frank seen him Stallone perform has, live. Has, Frank. Yeah, a lot and of Sylvester staying projects. alive. Oh yeah, yeah. Staying alive, well, Stallo- yeah, Stallone. Frank Stallone from over. Right. Yeah. Far from over. Um, but the, the song when he's driving through the tunnel after Apollo <clears throat> dies, I listened to on repeat because I had a, a, a friend and I had a had a sort of a, a, a breaking up period, and I was like, it was before I ever had a girlfriend, but I felt the pain of Aww. of losing somebody, and I would listen to that song over and over. It's a beautiful. Like, uh, there's no, easy way, out. There's no, there's no easy, easy way out. There's no shortcut home. <laughs> Beautiful, like rock. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Just rip your heart out kind of rock ballad. <laughs> I mean, what a great. Yeah. And it starts, and he starts up the car. And yes, the, I mean, it totally goes with it. Yeah, the license plate says Southpaw, but it's S-O-T-H-P-A-W because you can't fit all the good. good. Uh, uh, yes, and I love the, the the lights go up to one beat, and then it's uh, then he kicks it into gear with a hand to a oh, beat, yeah. and he's driving. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right, let's go from some of the editing. That's Let's great. go from some of the best it. movies of all time and Rocky Five. What? What? What did you see? What did you see this week? What did you see this week? Now I know Adam went to a big time screening, right? Yes, uh, this was the greatest thing. I, this is a forgotten classic. Now there's one great movie made about Halloween. Now Halloween is a great movie, but it's not actually really about Halloween. It's about Michael Myers. It takes place at Halloween. But the movie about Halloween and Halloween traditions is Trick or Treat, directed by. Have you ever seen Trick or Treat? Two thousand seven, right? I think it's two thousand seven, and directed by. Oh, now I'm blanking on the name, but he was there and one of the writers of X Men Two. Shit, I forgot it. Anyway. Legendary produced the movie. Legendary who did Superman Returns and Batman and all those things. <clears throat> and um, Robot Jocks. What Pacific was the Pacific Rim. Rim. Uh, they put on a big screen. Now, this is a tradition for me. Every Halloween, I watch Trick or Treat, and it's very exciting. And it's, a lot of people don't know about this, and it's a great movie. It tells four stories intertwined like Pulp Fiction. So you see all the other stories. Once you're in a different story, you see characters from the other stories pop in, pop out. And so Legendary did a huge screening, did up the whole entryway to the Egyptian, gave away themed treats and screen printed uh, posters and stuff from Trick or Treat. And it was a packed crowd. I sat in front of Macaulay Culkin, uh, you know, and, 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 there, and there was a great panel. Uh, uh, with Brian Singer and uh, oh, yeah, the director and Dylan Baker is in it. And um, uh, who's the original Hannibal Lecter? Brian Cox. Brian That's right. Cox so was there. Tweet. Yeah, That's and, cool. and it was really fun to watch it with all these people that were way into it and reacting. And uh, and then they had a nice Q and A. And then they did a total stunt thing at the end where a guy came out. There's like a little pumpkin head kid who's like the crypt keeper. He shows up in between each of the stories, sort of. And then at the end, he tries to kill Brian Cox. Uh, and uh, that they had someone dressed as that little kid, and he came out, and um, uh, the, it was moderated by Seth Green. Oh. Gave Seth Green the card, and he opened it up and showed it to the audience, and it says, make a sequel. And he goes, well, I don't, I don't know. Nobody here is in charge of that. we got to wait for Thomas Tull, the president of Legendary, and ask him about it. Thomas Tull stands up. they got a light on him and everything. And he says, uh, let's do it. And then they blast onto the thing, Trick or Treat 2, coming next year or whatever. Oh, that's cool. It was a really cool presentation. That's yeah, fun. I like the idea of an anthology film. I know, right? And that's what they said, too. That's what the director said, the writer-director. He's like, I loved Creep Show and, and all those sort of 
things. And he goes, but it's a rare thing. You don't get anthology films that much. So, yeah. Yeah. You're turning me around. I want to. Well, not that I ever didn't want to see it. I just never did. But the way you've gone on about it over the last week, I'm going to go see them. Now is the time. And yes. now is the time. Trick or treat. Now is the uh, time. What I find most fascinating about that is now I know what Macaulay Culkin's doing on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what he was doing. There he was sitting behind me. How did he look? Did he look. Is he he's eating? Got, is he eating enough? He's, he's got like a goatee that's kind of scraggly. It's like I kind of wanted to see him. It's like eh, shave the goatee, cut your hair a little bit. I think that would look. Maybe he's trying to get too much away from the look he had when he was a kid or whatever. Yeah. And so he's kind of, he's got long hair and he's got a long goatee, but it's all kind of scraggly. And you're like, eh, if you were clean cut, you know, you've, I wouldn't say, oh, you're, I wouldn't mistake him for the little kid Macaulay Culkin, but I think he could, he could play a different sort of character. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen him in anything in a while, but I think he could play like a pricky businessman or something <laughs> if he just shaved his, uh, you know, cleaned up yeah, a little bit. It's been a while since he's been in something. He was in that yeah. Party Monster a couple yeah, years ago. Like he actually kind of looked... Party People? That one? No, oh. Party Monster. Oh, party Monster. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. He actually still kind of looks like he did in that movie. He was kind of... That's still got to be five years ago, right? Yeah. At least. Yeah. Party Monsters in the house tonight. Everybody's hey, we're sticking gonna this, we're have sticking a to 80s Rocky songs only. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I got to meet Dylan Baker. Party Monsters. No, no. So But the, it's yes. horror movie week, so that ties into what you saw, right, Ken? Uh, I watched Paranormal Activity 4. Ooh. Four. So, Diving right into uh, the middle there. I, well, I, see, I saw <laughs> the other you, ones, and I, it just was added to the to the streaming thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked, I liked this series as a whole. I really, I think 3 is my favorite, but the fourth one, it's just, it doesn't have it. Uh, you know, there's only so many times a sheet can be pulled off a sleeping mm. person, it could be creepy. Yeah, um, well, that's good to hear that two and three are good because I just watched one for the first time. I'm way behind oh, in this. Good yeah, idea. yeah, yeah. that's a good movie. This is the first time I watch it, and I've got two T vote and three is on Netflix as well. So yeah. I figured, and three four. is my favorite as well, and I haven't seen any of them. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It's it the one that takes place in the '80s, so that's maybe why I like it the most. But uh, sheets on fire, <laughs> pulling oh. them spiritually. But the, but the best part about the Paranormal Activity Four is just they have shoehorned an amazing amount of wonderful product placement. Which I, <laughs> if a movie Good. is terrible, I want there to be so much product placement to, to, <laughs> to just count things. It's just like, you know, the ghost is moving bags of pop chips and <laughs> six packs of Pepsi around. So that is the best part of Paranormal Activity. The, the ghost is now completely capitalist and just bought into the system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone you know, has blown out our scented candle. From, uh, <laughs> from candle our Glade scented candles glade to have extinguished. <laughs> There's a scene, this is back in 84 when uh, product placement was as, went, wasn't as obvious. There's a scene in Ghostbusters whenever Bill Murray goes over to the refrigerator and he opens it up and he goes, oh my God. And she's like, what? Do you see something? He's like, you eat this junk? Yeah. And he says that, but then in the perfectly placed is a can of Coca-Cola. Uh -huh. And I wonder if they would be allowed that today. Like if look he could open it up. Food. Look at all the junk food. And there's Coca-Cola right there. Yeah. Do you remember when movies would have to disguise product brands oh yeah they would make it into a turn different label, thing. Yes. Right? Uh -huh. oh, like, yeah, like yeah. we wouldn't want our product shown in a movie and mm -hmm. then when reese's pieces was in uh et e that was like earth shattering marketing yeah. ploy mm -hmm. like wait a second you can't put real products in a movie mm -hmm. although i remember there was a big fear which i didn't get when i was a kid because in superman 2 what year did that come out 
when they fight the Zod and and Nan yeah, and it had to be or, like seventy nine or something. Seventy nine, eighty, maybe eighty two. I, mean, I might be. Oh yeah, that might be. Yeah, it, but they throw Zod into a Coca Cola sign and they throw Superman into a Marlboro truck, <laughs> a fucking cigarette truck. I mean, that is the worst taste imaginable. But I didn't really catch it. As a well, when kid, you combine like, the oh. two, they're horrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim, let's get on to a uh, segment we like to do with our guests. Okay. A little something called Five. Uh, <laughs> said five. Uh, what? Yeah, five. Uh, <laughs> questions for other guests. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> it's five questions for other guests. We're a real show because yeah. we have theme songs, yeah, Ken. Exactly. Did you catch that? I love it. I love so, uh, Ken is here now to answer these questions meant for other guests, but they didn't they'll show be- up. Yeah, they'll be put to you. Okay, they're still parking, so you're here. Yeah, <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind answering, yeah. them. I don't know. They, I don't know. They, how can they not find parking? It's wonderful out here in the <laughs> valley. Burbank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Ken. You've beaten men. Mm-hmm. You've beaten famous women. Mm-hmm. When you get out of rehab, who will you beat next? <laughs> Hmm, you know, uh, I'd like to say my demons, but um, <laughs> after, that, after seeing that Paranormal Activity movie, it looks harder than it, uh, than it should be. Demons will put up a fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that said, uh, by Xbox Connect. <laughs> You'll beat who? The by video, Xbox the video game. Buy, oh, uh, buy Xbox. Oh, I see. Buy the new Xbox. Okay. You buy it. You're just product placing. Buy just oh, placing okay. it right <laughs> in there. All right. And then you will beat who with your Xbox connection? Doesn't Anybody. matter. Anybody. Uh, boxing. Uh, third, yeah. third quarter gains. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> point is, all our listeners are purchased one. Uh, okay. I can't Ken, take this from Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Can I actually have a, a question yes. for you? Well, yes. not for you, but for another guest. Yes. Um, but how, might as well ask him. How do you subdue Somali pirates? Uh, well, you know, I, I did actually hear an NPR. I heard an NPR. They use, they've use they been using a lot of Britney Spears. Oh. Yeah, another high five right here. Sound yes. cannon. That's sound cannon. cannon. Yes, yeah. that's why I brought that up. Is that what up? you yep. call your penis, too? The wow. sound cannon? <laughs> sound cannon. Britney Spears TM sound cannon right here. <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending. Oh, it's on, it's on fire. Shit, they could just broke. use a yeah. They just use the music for Rocky, and they could just. I don't know. They would. They, no, that, that would be like would a be, siren thing where right. they would come towards the towards boat and then the crash into it. They would get it, excited. So. They'd be like, yeah. I mean, I they, they, they said they were up. using "Hit Me Baby" one more time. Right. I like that. There was there, there was also a moral thing about using Britney Spears because a lot of Somali pirates are very religious, and Britney Spears stands for I guess. Sexuality, American, yeah, yeah <laughs> sex. So they—that was the the besides it really? besides it hurting their making their eardrums bleed. They also sort of want to get dig at the at the Muslims. Crush their moral yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's like that's like all the people that got in trouble in in uh, for uh, torturing all the prisoners in uh, wherever all the soldiers, the pictures and stuff. Oh yeah, Guantanamo. Yeah, they would stick things in their butts, not Abu only Gabri. because that's gross. But because that's against their religion yeah. too. <laughs> wow, yeah. it's against my religion. I, I don't really have one. That's against both of their religions. This whole war business seems pretty filthy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. Hey Ken, I have a question yeah, for you. Yes, How is please. your tonight show going to be different? You know, I, I think it'll be different in, in that. Almost no one will see it, probably. Uh, and not even my mom, because she can't open videos. She can't open YouTubes. So, um, can't open YouTubes. Will you, will you broadcast in Vegas like you're a... Uh your doorman that would be bit? nice. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yes, a live again where Vegas nobody knows street. it's going on. Sort of right in front of all of the fountains when they're uh, the Bellagio fountains are going, <laughs> so no one pays attention at all. That'll be good for sound issues. That'll <laughs> exactly. be nice. Just a lot of spraying hoses. 
Now, Ken, of all the world leaders you've spied on, who has had the sexiest phone calls? Mm, mm, that's a really, uh, that's a, such a good question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is, we try and press the probing question. We probe uh, the pressing questions, too. Uh, I mean, listen to Bill <laughs> Clinton. Part of the show. Listen to Bill Clinton on the telephone. It's like pouring oh, honey, pouring yeah. honey yeah. into your ear. Yeah. I'll, tell you, yeah. I'll tell you, right, but... Uh, but uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice, she's got a husky kind of, she's got a husky kind of <laughs> smoky kind of. Well, take charge, uh, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah, you can sort of just see, you know, how prominent her teeth are, and just <laughs> oh, you know, it just grab you by the back of the neck, right? Uh, and ab just absolutely, she's a strong-voiced woman. Yeah, um, broad-shouldered. Hey, Paul, can you give us a little Clinton on the phone, being sexy? Oh, hey, sure. I'd like. Uh, <laughs> can Bill Clinton sing "Hearts on Fire"? He can. He Hearts can. Hearts on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. You got to start with a food word with Clinton. That makes it so much Interesting, easier. Interesting. We talked about the world leaders you're spying on, and you immediately went to Americans. <laughs> it's telling. People will catch you. You spying have not. On you have. Well, you have not. States. You have not seen our YouTube channel until you've seen Bill Clinton in dressed up as Indiana Jones singing "Hearts on Fire" from Rocky Four. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> All he knew was the title. <laughs> uh, final question for you, Ken. Yes. Based on the success of your Halloween costume this year, what blackface character will you be next year? <laughs> mm, uh, you know, I want to. I feel like Samuel L. Jackson would be kind of would be kind of trite. Um, so I'll go with the guy from Lethal Weapon, whose name I for Danny Glover. Danny, Danny, Glover. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Uh, yeah, I'd say Danny. Danny Glover. All you have to do is just keep going. Riggs. And I'm I'm gonna I will get the back of my neck this year. My apo I know that's the most offensive thing about black blackface is when you don't get the back. Of your neck. <laughs> you gotta commit. You gotta commit uh, to the bet. Perhaps yeah, they may not have even known. If that's how they catch you. That's how they catch you. Get the back of the neck. Hey, wait a second. All right, now. In the interest of going big or going home, let's go out big with another edition of Karen's Weekly Celebration of the Birthdays of Those Who Make the Movies. Karen? Let's start off our birthday celebration this week by wishing a happy birthday to my favorite female Ghostbuster, Annie Potts. Annie turns 61 but can play anywhere from receptionist for the Ghostbusters to Bo Peep. Did you know that right after graduating from college, Annie had a terrible car accident and broke every bone in her body from the waist down? What? Except her left femur. She was 21 years old. Lord. She was uh, driving with her husband at the time, and she was on a back street in Arizona, something like that. It was just beginning to rain, and these three guys, they went up over the hill. These three guys were racing, all of them in the road coming three. at them. Three of them were all side by side by side in these pickup trucks. And they hit them head on, and she Ugh. flew through the windshield onto the road. And she, this was all revealed in a um, buckle celebrity up, uh, buckle up for sure. Her husband tried to hold her back, but of course that move never works. Ooh, the reach, never the reach never works. He um, managed to live as well, but she broke all those bones except her left femur. And she said, and this I thought was so interesting. And she said that as she was lying on the road, she started to feel very light, of course, because she's probably starting to pass out. But then she started to realize that she said, oh, my God, I think I am now dying. And she had that realization and she had to make a choice between going towards the light and dying or staying with us to be able to be in the Ghostbusters movies. And that makes me really <laughs> excited because I think she made the right choice. One of the Annie. best left femurs in the business. That's, that's yes. why I say that about her. Annie yeah. Hots, as I like to call her. Annie Hots, yes. Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> All right, next up is our birthday boy, Richard Dreyfus, who turns 66 oh. but can play anywhere from a fussy and arrogant prick in the movies 
do a fussy and arrogant <laughs> prick in real life <laughs> from what I've seen on Wikipedia. Ooh, <clears throat> Paul is a good dad. Do you have a Dreyfus? Sing Hearts on Fire. Hearts on Fire, Bob. Hearts on... At one time, he was the youngest actor to ever win the coveted Best Actor Oscar for... Anybody? Anybody? The ship of Duddy Kravitz. Best Oscar? No. Best Oscar? The Goodbye Girl. The Goodbye Girl. At age 29. Little Richie Dreyfus. Little Richie Dreyfus, 29 years old. Don't wait for me. <laughs> They're all gonna die. They said too much too soon. He fell into the trap of cocaine, booze, and pills. What? What? what whoa! Whoa! That's a great Richard combo. Dreyfus was strung out. Yes. Who can knows? you believe it? But he recovered enough to give us Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Stakeout, and the Great What About Bob. Down and Out. I have that's not thought when, about that movie yeah, in years. That's a great that movie. Not about. <laughs> that movie is not thought about. No. <laughs> when you think of Nick Nolte? What about Bob right here? Ah. Uh, this is oh, it. Bob. Would you rather work mornings? <laughs> <laughs> Paul and I have a little corgi that we rescued, and uh, his name was originally Teddy, much like Teddy Roosevelt. Um, but we changed it to uh, Dr. Leo Marvin because when our dog is making any, he gets excited or sad or scared, he makes that noise. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why we call him Dr. Leo Marvin. I also love Paul. You said that you just wanted to name a dog something with an official title, des- yeah. title <laughs> designated Dr. Uh, Senator. Senator. Yes. <laughs> yes. We uh, realized Officer. later that Your we, Honor. We, would, <laughs> we would like to name our next dog Petty Officer Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> First, we think that'd be fun. First your honor, your honor. First off, a pretty officer pancake. And then I also want to let you know that uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is indeed related to Richard Dreyfus. So oh. Isn't that fun to know? Distant, distant. But yeah, it's always fun to find out that there's more nepotism in Hollywood than <laughs> I really thought. Thanks, honey. That was fun. And, and lastly, let's wish a happy birthday to one of my favorite actresses of all time, Julia Roberts, who turns 46. And I ask you, You're how tired. is that possible? How can she be 46? She shouldn't be allowed yeah. to be 46. Anyway, she turns 46, but can play anywhere. She's young. Good, I, thank I thought you. she was older. Yeah. No, yeah. shut up. She's six years old. Not, 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 not based on looks, but oh, just based right. on how long she's been around me. Yeah, right? I know, forever. That yeah. big smile staring at you. Should have brought her tonight. I <laughs> wish I could have. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Julie turns 46, can play anywhere from a high priced prostitute and pretty woman to. <laughs> I love that. That makes me laugh every time I hear her laugh. To one of the highest paid actresses in the world. In a weird way, it's kind of the same thing. She was the first $20 million <laughs> yeah. actress, Very right? Similar. Yes, she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, made a shit ton of money with Pretty Woman. Put her on the... <laughs> <laughs> well, she so probably didn't get paid much for that, but boy, she was paid for... Uh, everything else. One of my favorite things about Julia Roberts is that she had the good sense and taste to marry one of my favorite people, Lyle Lovett. Now... Weird. I think they eventually, as we all know, divorced. But I really give her a lot of credit for knowing that she looked at Lyle, who so I think is adorable, but most would say unconventional good looks. And she said, I don't okay, care. I I'm going to have sex with that guy. And I give her credit for that. So I have devised a little game that we can play Ooh, for games. all of us. Games. It's uh, a game where we decide if the person I name is Julia Roberts' co-star or just my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So how it's played is, for example, I will say Kiefer Sutherland. And you think to yourself, oh, oh they did. is that Karen's boyfriend or is that her co-star or both? So, co-star. No, wait, no, wait, wait, co-star. Wait, wait, wait. Flatliners, yeah. right? Yeah. Fla- they were, yes. Wait, her I they boyfriend did. or your boyfriend? My boyfriend. Oh, okay. So I have boyfriend list, which Julia oh. Roberts has either worked with or slept with. It's very exciting for me. She didn't sleep with Kiefer? 
Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So she's her, so so boyfriend. He's her boyfriend, your boyfriend, and her co-star. Yes, you win. Wow. Okay, you got that one. How about Hugh Grant? That's a trifecta. Co-star. They boink only. They boinked. Wait, that's because you don't know me. I love Hugh Grant. I would boink him too. Okay. All right, but you're very close. On to the lightning round. All right, Colin Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth. They did not work together. Work Are you together. sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Is it my boyfriend? It's your boyfriend. All right, good. Chris Cooper. They well, did. they're in Augusto Stage County. Ah, you cheated. Uh, they haven't yet. hasn't come well, out yet. You told us all about it. I love it. Cheated. It's so good. And <laughs> he's not. And he's your boyfriend. And he's my boyfriend. He is because of Augusto Stage oh, County. Okay. And Robert no, Downey. No, yes. because he's yes. got hair. He's, got, he's the, the guy, guy with the hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. No, your well, that's your boyfriend. Right? Are they a marrying man. Were they in a movie together? No. Think know. about it. Think about no. it. Think about it. I no. want to say yes, no. even though I don't know for sure what. Back else. in the day, like no, no they weren't. But that was no. just Mystic a trick pizza, question. Maybe. Uh, All right, Liam Neeson. Mystic Pizza, maybe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the closet. Just <laughs> you have Roosevelt's out. exact smile when you smile. Isn't that nice? <laughs> uh, look at that. That's uncanny. <laughs> open eyes closed. <laughs> and now let those are only two more. Uh, Liam Neeson. Boyfriend, no co no co-star. <gasps> co-star in what movie? Um, Jamie, chiming in. No. Oh, Pelican Brief? No, no, no it's, it's a really bad movie. But it's a great movie? Pelican Brief? Oh, no, underrated. I thought you meant the one. Dark Man. It stars Michael Keaton's sister. Oh, of what? course. Julia her. Keaton? What's her face? Um, Michael Keaton is his Michael sister? Keaton, Diana the Keaton? character. Keaton? Uh, yeah, Steve Keaton is his sister. No. <laughs> Satisfaction. What's her name? Mallory. Oh, oh Mick Jagger. Uh, Alex, Alex, Alex Keaton. Keaton. Sorry. And lastly, Benjamin. sham. Benjamin Bratt. of a travesty of a... I of want a, uh, the Honorable Fido to come in here and put an <laughs> end to this moment. All right, the last of this is Benjamin Bratt. Have they been in a movie together, and is he my boyfriend? All three. None of the above. Who's Benjamin Bratt? Poor Ken. He's, you just got to come on the show more often. Wait, he was, they didn't date at all? They dated. Miss Congeniality. But they were in a movie together. But they did, and he did TV, and she appeared on one of his TV shows. So that doesn't... And but he's not I, your boyfriend. And he's not my boyfriend. Mm. Poor Benjamin. Better oh, luck right. next Maybe time, next. buddy. Yep. Yes. Boy, oh. that that just made me sweat thinking about all <laughs> those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's wet. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps another movie <laughs> showcast, Can, everybody. Uh, where will people see, be able to see you? Uh, uh, plugs? I do a show every other Tuesday called Graceland at uh, a, bar, a Mexican place called Milo in Silver Lake. It's a fun little room. Uh, different comedians every every other week, every other Tuesday. Graceland. And you're Ken, at Ken Bernard on Twitter? At Ken Bernard. Barnard with all A's, just like your report card. And <laughs> if people watch uh, Keep a Close Eye Out on Tosh.0, they might catch you getting uh, Mexican condiments sprayed all over yes. you? Yes, humiliated, uh, tortured, and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you're one of the tortured masses on Tosh, right? Yep. Let's keep the numbers up, y'all. 18, <laughs> 18 to 24. Uh, all right, together we are the movie guys. Individually, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Right. Follow us as well on Twitter at the movie guys <laughs> and the Facebook at facebook.com slash the movie guys. YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, Google Plus, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Jamie Clark Elvington in charge Yay! of watching the board. And key gripping. And of course, Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. And do like Ken, make this the only podcast you listen to. <laughs> Just this episode. Thanks for listening. How did you do laugh? Now, in a very Halloween turn of events, Paul and Karen are going to go see The Shining. Oh, off we go. We'll have a full off report we next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah.